Well, today we're sharing about children. Somebody said, well, they hoped after four weeks or three, I don't know, after a while that I had a pretty good sermon, so I don't know if there's pressure or something, since I've been on break for so long. But, uh, you know, the children, I really believe with all my heart that our, you know, um, I don't know, now our children are being attacked, that's one thing. Um, I don't know if it's so much our children are being attacked as much as, you know, I've lived long enough that I was around in the 60s when, you know, the chant was God is dead. You know, Madeline, a lady in Rossford, Ohio started the chant God is dead. Isn't that amazing? One woman in Rossford, Ohio started that chant God is dead. And I also saw the generation that said, uh, you know, we know what's right. We rebelled at everything. Uh, we didn't want nobody telling us what to do. We no longer needed God, and I believe we started a path then away from him. And I believe now, personally, we're seeing the fruit of that. You know, we get where we are, not just all of a sudden. We get where we are over a period of time, and you make certain choices, you go certain directions, and all of a sudden we're reaping what we've sown. Now the big question is now what do we do? You know, we see our children being destroyed. Um, and, you know, like, what do we do? Do we just throw up our arms and say, wow, we're, you know, there's nothing we can do. We're, we're helpless. You know, there's no hope. Um, do we say, wow, this, you know, the problem's so big that I don't see how we can fix it? Or do we realize that, uh, you know, God's word is still true? And one of the things I find sort of difficult sometimes is, sharing the truth of God's word when so many have walked away from it and it sounds almost foreign. Now, for most of us, that's not true. But, you know, when you, when you get to a certain place in a society and then all of a sudden you come along and say, well, here's what God's word says. It just sounds like foreign, foreign language, you know. And the other thing is I don't ever want to say that it's a message of condemnation, you know. I believe most all of us at some time will experience some of what I'm sharing about the tragedy of children being lost you know um, you know you're going to be touched by it and uh, and it's not a matter of condemnation but if we don't share the truth with these next generation coming up how are they going to hear it are they just going to think well this is normal everything's a mess and I guess that's just the way we live and so I think it's important for us to still keep speaking the truth and, um, you know, it's not a matter of condemnation. It's just the truth. And we need to share it wherever we have opportunity. Psalms 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a gift given to us as part of God's covenant promise to mankind. That's where they come from. Children are not our idea. Oh, yeah, we think, well, I'm going to have kids. I'm going to have this many kids. I'm going to decide this. I'm going to decide that. Well, we can make those decisions, but children are a gift given to us from God as a part of his covenant promise. You know, they're not ours and they're not our idea. We're not just entrusted. We're entrusted with them. And we're given responsibility to take care of this gift. You know, God, well, he gives us this heritage, this inheritance. And so he entrusts them to us. And so now we have responsibility to care for this gift that he's given us. 
And we have to understand and remind ourselves, ultimately, children belong to the Lord. And as they get older, it may become even more difficult. Continue to remind yourself, children are a gift from the Lord. They're a gift and they belong to Him. They belong to Him. As much as you may fear for your children and love your children and want to do the best, God loves them more than you do. He loves them more than you do. You know, you're not the end all. You know, sometimes we feel that. We, sometimes, you know, and I've done it as a pastor. I remember, I remember taking on more responsibility than I think God wanted me to. And I felt responsible for people. And, you know, and then you feel responsible for them. You get involved in their lives. You try to fix them. You get discouraged. You feel responsible for all this. And, oh, my goodness. And the Lord spoke very clearly to me one time. And he said, look. He didn't say look. But anyway, that's what I heard. He said, look. He said, I died for them. You didn't. I went, whoa, whoa. Same thing with your children. Same thing with your children. You love them, you care for them, you teach them, you train them, but they belong to the Lord. And, and they will make their own decisions. They will make their own decisions. You can guide them and train them. Ultimately, they're going to grow up and they're going to make their own decisions. In Deuteronomy 6, 4-9, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our Lord is one. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you shall be in your heart. You will teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontless on your, between your eyes. You shall write them down on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Our responsibility with our children, is to teach and to train them. Teach and train them. We teach them. And let me say this. You've got to start young. I say that for those that have young children. You start young. When do you start? You start in the womb. You start in the womb. Those children listen to what you're saying in the womb. I believe those children, they feel what the mother feels. They sense what's going on. That child can have peace or that child can be all stirred up depending on how, what's going on with that mother. You start in the womb. You teach them, you know. You know, you can play music to them. You can talk to them. You can read scripture to them. There's a life inside of you, you know, and you can start in the womb. Start in the womb. And then we take definite steps to teach them. We teach them. We teach them. We read the Word of God to them. When you buy books, you buy books that read, that share the Word of God. If you're going to read something to them, read them something from the Word of God. And if you can't find them, guess what? Go to the recycling center in Bowling Green and go to the trash bin, and they got books in there. I see them once in a while as we dump my cans. You know, they got books in there that are Christian books about books you can read your children. So if you, don't, if you don't have the money, go to the recycling center and dig them out of the box. They're like new, you know. I, I'm always tempted. I, I look at them and I think, well, I don't, you know, I put them back, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what do you, what do you feed your kids? What do you teach them? What do you teach them? And start young. Start young. Yeah, but they don't understand. It doesn't matter. You speak to their inner being. You speak to their spirit. You teach them. You teach them. You have Bible devotions. I don't know. You know, I don't hear anybody talking about Bible devotions anymore. Maybe because we don't sit down and have a meal together. I don't know what all the issues are. Maybe people do. 
But, you know, Bible devotions. Find a time. Find a time to share with your children. If you don't know what to share, you know, number one, you can share the book of Proverbs. It'll give you all kinds of opportunity. You can sit and read the book of Proverbs. If you don't want to do that, there's plenty of children's devotional books. You know, take time. Share God's truth. Share God's truth with them. Because the world is sharing the lies to them all the time. Your kids are bombarded with this. Bombarded with it. When they go to school, they're bombarded with it. You have to share the truth. They have to have some basis. Take them to Sunday school. Take them to youth group. Take them to opportunities. But I want to tell you, it's not the church's responsibility to teach and train your children. It doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. You know, we can supplement, we can do what we can, but it's not our responsibility. It's the parent's ultimate responsibility. Okay? Now, we supplement that. Okay? And, and folks, don't let the children decide. When your children are four years old, don't let them make decisions. You're the parent. Don't let, well, what would you like? Don't ask them. Don't ask them. Where do you want to go eat? If you got three kids, you ask them where you want to go eat, what are you going to do when they all have a different opinion? You know? And don't ask them. Don't ask them. What do you want? You, you direct them. You, you take the lead. They're not in charge. If you lead them to believe they're in charge, trust me, they will take charge. They'll take charge. They're not stupid. You know? But don't let them make decisions they're not capable of. You know, so many times I hear parents saying, well, what would you like? Well, here's what you get. They're not in a place to make a decision. You know, you've got to guide them. You've got to guide them. Now, as they get older and show responsibility, you let them start making more decisions. Okay? You, you know, there's a process. But my goodness, take the process. And, you know, because what do we have? We have 16-year-olds that think they're in charge. You know? Well, you've let them. You've let them. You know, you let them do that. I, I, you know, I've been in situations where I had a mother, she couldn't control her kids at all. She had no control. And she was lamenting, and they, she came to our house, and her son did something. I looked at him, and I said, no. And he just went, ah, you know, he broke down. She goes, why did he do that for you? I said, because I meant it. You know, you don't mean it when you do that. You know, he, he was two years old. He's smarter than his mom. He figured all that out. They're, they're smart. You know, be the parent. Be the parent. It's not, it's not their decisions. And then, then we've got to train them. We've got to train them. You know, teaching is, is teaching them is telling them the truth, telling them God's word. Training is a little different. Training has a lot to do with hands-on. It's every day. In Proverbs 22, Proverbs 22, Verses 6 to 9. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor, the borrower is the servant to the lender. He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. Train up a child. Train him, train him, train him. Train him. Training is every day. Training is correction. Training is discipline. Training is saying, this is acceptable, this is not acceptable. There's things that are acceptable, things that are not acceptable. 
I believe training has a lot to do with the heart. You, you, you train them, and you try to get to their heart. Now, at first, you train them, look, you don't do that, you don't do this. Eventually, it just got to get to their heart. Because you can train them, and they can go, okay, I'm not doing it, but I'll tell you what, when I'm out of this house, I'll do whatever I want. That's, that's kind of the rebellious answer to that. But as parents, we train them, and we say, you know, you don't do this, you can do this. And there's consequences. Don't be wishy-washy about your consequences. Don't say there's consequences and then back down. Because then they figure that out. You know, there's consequences. And the consequences, the consequences have to be hard enough to hurt. You know, if you tell me, well, if you don't do this, I'm going to cut out your spinach. You know, I would go, <laughs> okay, that's, <laughs> you know. But if you tell me, don't do this, I'm cutting out your ice cream, now that's a consequence. You know, I mean, consequences can be different consequences. But, you know, they have to be some pain involved. I personally still believe in physical consequences, punishment. You know, correct punishment. Correct punishment. Correct punishment. Not abuse. There's correct punishment and there's abuse. You know, correct punishment is punishment that hurts, but punishment that also has forgiveness. It takes time to do correct punishment. Doesn't take any time to physically abuse them. <laughs> you know, don't do that. That's, you know, that's not going to teach them. You know, all that teaches them to be angry. Now you're going to feed anger into the child. Now you're going to have an angry child. You know, it's discipline and and start you know start young i can't say enough about starting young start young you know don't get to 12 and try to start disciplining your children i mean you still can but it gets older it's different then it's different you know you 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 train them that certain things are acceptable and certain things aren't you know third like anger is not acceptable now, some children have anger in them. I'm not saying they don't have it. But you just need to teach them and train them. It's not acceptable. And that can be a real job, especially if you get one that's born with it. You know, the Bible says, you know, we're born in sin. I just want you to know that your children come into this world with some sinful nature. Okay? They can be liars, angry. There's all kinds of things that can be in them. Like I always say, you don't have to teach your kids how to sin. Nobody ever had to teach them. They, that comes naturally. So we have to train them that that is not acceptable. That's not acceptable behavior. Arguing and fighting is not acceptable. You know, I've heard people, well, my kids, they just fight all the time. Well, it's because you make it acceptable. It's not acceptable. You, you don't allow it. You don't allow it. Lying's not acceptable. You know, lying's not acceptable. You know, lying, it's a tough one because when you discipline a child for lying, what they'll do is they'll try to keep from being disciplined, so they'll just lie more. Lying's a tricky one, I think. Because if you come down hard on lying, they're just going to lie more. So you want them to tell you the truth. So in some cases, you have to reward them for telling you the truth because that's what you want. And other times, you have to discipline them for lying. I mean, I, to me, it's, it's, it's kind of a tough issue, but... You got to do it. And ultimately, lying is not acceptable. You're trying to get the truth from them. So sometimes if they tell you the truth, 
then maybe you don't punish them because they did tell you the truth. Encourage the truth. See what I'm saying? Encourage the truth. Cheating. Cheating is not acceptable. You know, those things just aren't acceptable. We have to teach them to love. Teach them to forgive. Teach them to encourage. Teach them to serve. You know, your, your children aren't born wanting to serve. Most of them, some could be. But, you know, normally they're not born wanting to serve their brothers and sisters. You know, they don't go, well, what can I do for you to a brother or a sister? You know, but you teach that. You teach them to serve others. And we train by example. By example. We have to be consistent there. Because kids will pick up. They'll say, yeah, but dad, you don't do that. You know, they'll, they'll pick it up. They can see it. They have to know that you're consistent. Be consistent. Don't be, say one thing one time, don't tell them one thing, and then you go do something different. Be consistent. Share your faith. Share your struggles. Sometimes I think it's, it's okay to share your struggles. Now, I don't think you should pour out your whole life struggles on a four-year-old or a six-year-old, but it's okay as they get older to be honest and say, you know, I have a hard time with that too. You know, I'll never forget one time when I said to one of my children, I said, well, how about you pray for me? Boy, her eyes got big. <laughs> she said, whoa, you know, pray for you? Well, yeah, you know, it was in the midst of something going on. But I said, here, why don't you pray for me? You know, that's hard. And They're like, oh, you, you have struggles? You know, you need prayer? Well, yeah, otherwise we just look like, well, we got everything under control. We got to be honest with them. Be honest with them. They see through you anyway. So you might as well be honest about it. You know, share your faith. Um, incorrect behavior isn't cute. Sometimes I, I, I cringe when parents kind of smile at a one or two-year-old doing something awful, and I think, you know, you're going to pay for that when they're 12. When they're 14, you're going to pay for that. You allow that behavior in a two-year-old, and you think it's cute, I'm telling you, when they're 12, 14, 15, 16, you're going to pay for that. It's not cute. It's not cute. Sometimes we think it's cute because we don't know what to do with it or we're embarrassed. It's just not cute. You know, we need to deal with it. We need to deal with it. Um, grandparents. Here's a word to grandparents. Grandparents, your job is not to spoil your children or your grandchildren. That is not your job. That is ungodly. Just want you to know. You know, you know that whole thing about, oh, they're my grandkids, I get to spoil them. That's ungodly. Why would you want to spoil a child? I don't, no child, there's no child I'd want to spoil. Now, we have opportunity to love them way different than we did our children. We can maybe do things for them, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do things and love them and, and go with them and, and encourage them. And, you know, there's just different opportunities, that's fine. But don't spoil them. Don't spoil them. Don't allow bad behavior when they're at your house. Be consistent. You know, don't allow it. Take a stand. Teach them, train them. We have opportunity. Children are a lot of work. It's a lot of work raising kids. Because it's a lot of work, the easy way is to let TV raise them. Let the computer raise them. You know, I, I see it, I think. A lot of times, you know, it's so much work. I'm tired as parents. Parents are, you know, everybody's working, going 10 directions, doing all kinds of things. Everybody's tired. It's easier to just turn on the TV and let them, you can, and I've, I've seen it with little kids. 
You know, you can have a tooth, one, two year old, just turn the TV on. They're, they're done. They just sit there and stare at it. Matter of fact, I've seen it happen to a lot of older kids. Man, you turn the TV on and they're st- that's how they've been trained. They just sit there and stare at it. I'm thinking, wow, isn't that something? The TV's raising our kids. And I'll tell you what, the TV's ungodly. It's ungodly. It's full of ungodliness. It's full of wrong behavior. It's full of bad behavior. It's full of all kinds of things that, you know, are not something we want to put into our children. How does Jesus figure into it? How does he, he, well, he has to be real to me? Oh, no, you can't. They have to ultimately, ultimately your children are going to make a decision about who Jesus is, ultimately. Ultimately, they're going to come to a point and they have to make that decision. You know, we teach them, we train them. But we have to do it. You know, I personally think this whole thing about TV, I personally think that a lot of the violence we're seeing is because of what we're allowing our children to watch as children. I, you know, there are some kids who, who they do nothing but shoot each other and blood flies. And, and then, you know, now I'm always, I was always amazed. You know, when, when I was a kid growing up, and I'm not saying it was such a good thing, when I was a kid growing up, you know, it was uh, wrestling was, uh, oh, I can think of it was Bobo Brazil, which, you know, by a few older people might go, oh, yeah, I remember that. But it was, it was big guys that were old, and they were running around a ring, and they were throwing each other, and it was all fake. Well, compare that to cage fighting. I don't know if you ever watched cage fighting. I can't stand to watch it. I've seen enough advertisements. But, man, anything goes. I mean, you talk about violence. You talk about violence, feeding our, filling our children with violence. Why do we wonder what they, they do, what they do? Who's trained them? Who's trained them? Who's trained them? Well, we need to. We need to train our children. We need to be the ones that guide them. And, you know, it was like Don said, you know, bring your children to church. It teaches them. But ultimately, I don't care whose child they are, they have to make a decision about their own forgiveness, their own sin, and they have to make a decision to accept Jesus for who he is, their Savior. That, they have to, it has to happen. And there needs to be that heart change. There needs to be that heart change. You know, a heart. You're, you're after your kid's heart. You know, once in a while we can, we can get all caught up in the discipline and, and trying to correct them and make sure... And a lot of times I think we do it because we don't want to be embarrassed by our children or we feel like, well, I wouldn't want nobody to to see my kids mess up. You know, I wouldn't want, you know, you might as well just throw that out. You know, Um, you know, that's not the real issue. The real issue is their heart. The real issue is their heart. What do they believe? What really, what really is important to them? And, you know, we teach and train but they have to make that decision. We can guide them. We can't make that decision for them. We can't make that decision for them. They have to make that decision. You know, and, and we look at our children today, um, you know, and what has to happen is they have to come to grips with their sin and turn their hearts back to the Lord. I mean, that's where we're at now. 
That's where we're at. Children are a heritage from the Lord. What children? I thought about this really. This kind of struck me. Now, it's talking about our children that in our family. But here's what I present to you. Our children, all children, are a heritage from the Lord. And there's times when children become each of our responsibilities. We each have responsibilities in different ways. You know, you can just live within your own family and say, well, I'm just making sure my kids turn out right and I don't care about the rest of them. But I think as a people of God and as a church, we have a greater responsibility. That wherever we have opportunity, children who are placed in our path are a heritage from the Lord. Children are an opportunity for us to share. No matter where you are, I don't care if they're the kids across the fence. I don't care if they're the kids in the backyard. They're a heritage from the Lord. They're a gift from the Lord. And I think it's our responsibility to teach and train where we have opportunity. Where we have opportunity. And the more children that don't live in godly homes, the greater the responsibility to teach and to train and to try to reach out to those, those children. Those children. Because that's what's going to make a difference. We've got to start sowing the right seeds now so that 40 years from now, things can be different. You know, we sow seed now. I may never see the fruit of the seed I sow. That's okay. That's okay. We still got to sow it. Because if we want fruit, if we want something that's going to grow, we got to sow the seed. We have to sow it. We have to sow it now. And that seed becomes fruit later, later. In the same way with evil. You know, when things get bad, they didn't get bad yesterday. You know, we didn't get where we are now because, well, yesterday somebody messed up. We got where we are now because 40 years ago it started down a path. You know, it's a slow, slippery slope. You know, and, and then once you get it now, what I see is once you get so far down the slope, momentum picks up. That's what's amazed me. You know, it's like slow, slow, slow. And then all of a sudden it's like, man, things just escalate. And it's like, whoa. Stuff's coming at us so fast now. And in the midst of that, we've got to share the word of God. We've got to share the truth. And we must remember the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. We are not defeated. We are victorious. We've got to start living that way. You've got to, you, know, in the, you know, when things are all bad and things are going bad, you have choices to make. But the wrong choice, they oh, me, I don't know, I just throw up our hands and say, well, I guess we're all doomed. We might as well sit and wait for everything to fall apart. Or are we going to just know that we have the truth? The Bible says we're the salt of the earth. If things are going to change, it's up to us. It's up to us. We're the salt. The world is not going to change it for the better. What I think you're going to find, and this is what I think I'm seeing, the world realizes they got a problem. Now they're going to figure out, they're going to have to figure out how to solve this problem. So mentally, they're going to try to come up with some answers. And they're going to try to come up with, well, we've got to start doing this and that. And they're going to try to mentally. But I want to tell you something. There's nothing that the world can do like what the Spirit of God can do. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And we have to walk in that. We have to take opportunities to share and see God work in the hearts and lives of children. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough time. It's a tough time. I think it's a tough time. Um, I could tell you a lot of horror stories. I'm not going to because I don't think it's necessary, but it's a tough time, folks. 
And if you're not aware of that, well, I mean, after all the shootings and everything, everybody's got to be pretty much aware that, you know, it's a tough time. It's a tough time. When you start seeing children shooting children, it's a bad time. It's a bad time. But we're the ones that are going to make a difference. I just pray that we see opportunity. We see opportunity, we take them. We take those opportunities to share wherever we have a chance, wherever we have opportunity, whether it's as a grandparent, as a neighbor, whether it's school teachers, teachers have opportunities, nurses have opportunities, people in places have opportunities to share. We need to take those opportunities and share the truth with those around us. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our children. Lord, children are a gift from you, an inheritance from you. Lord, we just thank you for the blessing that they are. Lord, we realize that our children are being attacked. But Lord, I pray that you just help us to realize that, that by your Spirit working through us, your people, that that's what's going to make a difference. Lord, it's your Spirit working in the hearts and lives of children and drawing them to you that's going to make a difference. So Lord, just help us to be faithful. Help us to be faithful where we have opportunity. Open our eyes. Help us to see. Lord, we thank you for that. We just ask you to bless us now. Be with us as we depart. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.